everyone. This is Julia Schieffer of DerivSource. You're listening to our Derivatives Industry Influencers series. And this podcast is one of many interviews with influencers from various corners of the OTC derivatives market. Please listen to others in the series or go to the DerivSource website to watch the videos of these interviews. Enjoy and tune in next time. I have Eugene Stanfield of Commerce Bank with me. Eugene, can you give our audience a little bit of background to, about yourself first? Sure. Thanks, Julie, for having me. So, as you said, my name is, is Eugene Stanfield. I work at Commerce Bank. I've actually been there now for just over 15 years in a variety of roles. But for the last five or so years, I've basically been focusing my time on building out a derivatives clearing business. We obviously have gone from having uh, building out an OTC clearing business from scratch. We already had in place a listed derivatives clearing business, but we've now merged them together as we start to see the efficiencies both internally from an operational and organizational setup, but also externally in terms of the client interaction. So that's the business that we've been building over the last five or six years. And really, I spend more of my time now focusing on solving for clients, solving for the upcoming regulations and helping them navigate through all the various changes and delivering them a solution that can mean that they are ultimately regulatory compliant, specifically on the clearing front. Okay, perfect. 2015, what was the biggest or most significant milestone that you saw? It's a bit of a tough one, actually. I know people would tend to come out with saying there was this monumental moment of 2015, but I actually think 2015 has been quiet in terms of significant developments. It's been a very large and long waiting game, waiting for clarity around the regulations on clearing, even waiting for clarity around the bilateral margining. If we look at some statements that we heard earlier on in the year that you could call were you know, marginally significant, in May we had uh, Timothy Massad and, and Lord Hill come out with a joint statement about working together on the equivalence between the EU and the US, expecting it to be made at the end of the summer. At the time, that was very significant. However, nothing has to date materialized, but you know, we still hear a lot of chatter in terms of it's close to being solved. And similarly, at the same time, you know, Lord Hill made a statement that I think several years before we'd have never expected to hear from the regulators in terms of when they expected clearing to come into play. Again, as I say, I think that was an important milestone within 2015 because it showed a change of the relationship between regulators and then uh, industry market participants in realizing that as participants, we needed to have more clarity. There needs to be a closer expectation management between the various parties. So I think that's it. Nothing major has happened in 2015 to date. I think we're going to see a lot happen even in the last month and a half of 2015 as we expect to get even more clarity on the timelines around regulations. Okay, perfect. Now, 2016 is not far away. What is the top concern for you, for your firm, or for your clients? So, so 2016, you're absolutely right, is only around the corner. And, and without kind of repeating myself, we are going to see much more of a focus and much more of an energy and a resource allocation to, we strongly expect the clearing mandate to come into play for category one and category two 
participants, which is the majority of the market from a derivatives point of view. And therefore, we will be spending a lot of time with the category two. Those are our mainstay of our clients in preparing them for the upcoming regulations. That literally means going through that entire onboarding process, the legal components, the operational and connecting them with the clearinghouses. So that's going to be a lot of what we're going to be doing in 2016. But that brings with it its own new dynamic, which is more around then the collateral side, which I think a lot of people understand what they have to do around clearing. It's, it's now no longer a new phenomenon. Mm-hmm. It's well understood. It's just people haven't done it. However, when we move into more of the collateral side, I think that is still not well understood how it will work. And also, I think more importantly, everybody talks about the availability of collateral. Now, I think the conclusion during the year has been there is sufficient collateral to meet the requirements around the various regulations coming around, but it's the mobilization of that collateral. A lot of these securities might be locked up. A lot of the institutions might not know actually how to deliver them, might not know how to, should we say, hypothecate them into cash. And I think that's going to be a concern stroke focus for 2016. And also, I think quite interestingly is not just dealer to dealer, but dealer to client. And then even maybe more from a fintech point of view, client to client. So again, you've got these new components that are coming in to change the dynamic of how that collateral mobilization mechanism is going to work. So I think that's going to be you know, an interesting challenge for all market participants. And therefore, it's going to be important for everybody to follow that and to adopt to that and to embrace it. Sounds quite emotional, but to embrace <laughs> it in terms of what's happening. But similarly, in terms of adopting, what we also have is the bilateral margining. Now, everybody has focused on the clearing and said, what are the costs of clearing? But now that the phase one of the bilateral margining is going to be happening in 2016, which is, it is going to be predominantly owned by the large global dealers, they are going to set, they are going to set the market standard, how it works, how it operates. And as a result of that, it's going to be very important for all of the other participants who are going to be in those later phases to really remain aware of what is going on and aware of what the impact is, both because that will impact how they operate on a bilateral point of view, but even indirectly, that might force or it might incentivize participants to go even more into the clearing route. You know, we always talk about this bifurcation of the cleared environment and the bilateral environment. Well, if you have a lot of market participants who really don't trade non-standardized. And there are a lot of you know, in market participants who really trade vanilla interest rate, and we'll stick with just interest rate products at the moment, who trade vanilla interest rate products. Well, they're naturally going to move them to the clearing side, or even if they need to make some slight alterations to that product to make it clearable, it might mean that actually the bilateral rules that are going to come into play will automatically drive into more of a centralized clearing point of view. You know, there's a lot of changes that we expect in 2016, a lot of preparation for these upcoming regulations. You know, I think it's going to be another challenging year, another focus, another limited resources of people to be able to support through all of these various changes from a technology and a people and a process change. But um, I, I think those are probably going to be the main things that we're going to be looking at. And as I said, be aware 
of what's going on in the collateral space. There are utility providers who are very much looking to support clients. What we recognize at, at Commerce Bank and certainly where we try to support clients in this space is that you have a lot of asset managers who maybe have not got a robust collateral management infrastructure and process. Right. And therefore, the rise of the utility is coming much more to play. So, for example, at somewhere like Commerce Bank, where we're part of an, a wider team called Market Services, clients can outsource their collateral management operations to us as a utility provider, and we will look to support them. And again, I think you're going to see that as a change of the dynamic. The costs operationally, generally, within post-trading activities, not just derivatives, but even within the cash securities market as well, they're not necessarily going down, but they're becoming very stable. And it's, it's an economies of scales business. And therefore, what you're going to see is more and more outsourcing of some of these real back office operational components to a utility provider. So I think that, that's another interesting dynamic that's being thrown into the mix, which if you throw it all in at once, it's probably just too much to handle. When I talk to clients, when I even talk internally about what is our strategic plan around our architectural design, what you will tend to see is it's no longer just a 12-month vision. It's a five-year vision. Or this year, we're going to look at this component of our operational efficiency, and then the next year, we're going to move on. So I think all of those components thrown into the regulatory changes create quite a challenge because resources are limited, IT budgets are limited, and therefore it becomes once again a prioritization type of uh, discussion, which is, is never a nice one to have. Wow. Sounds like it's going to be uh, even more of a busy year, 2016, than 2015, do you think? I do think it will be more yeah. busy, actually. I do, yes. Well, I think that's good news for some and bad news for others. Yes, so. exactly. Great. Well, thank you very much for joining <laughs> right. us, Eugene.